Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am good, Laura. We have a um, functioning recording system today. Excellent. So this I'm is so much thrilled. better than, than last week. You know, I'm just glad that we're back on our Zencaster and we're just doing it because I kind of missed it. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been rainy every single day this week, which kind of like not very fun, but I'm hoping the sun is coming soon. But how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good as well. Um, Yeah, it's been rainy here as well. And I went out for a walk because there was like this brief moment of sun. And then it started to rain. I was getting like chased by a black cloud. And then as soon as I got home, it started to hail. Oh my God. Yeah, it didn't last very long. But like it came on like really fast, like just kind of a downpour and then some hail. Yeah. And then it got nice again. So funny weather right now. It is funny. I'm a little bit offended that it hailed. Yeah. Yeah. That's just – there's no time for that no, right no, now. No, we don't need that stuff. No, we don't. But what are you having to drink? Uh, today I'm drinking a very episode-appropriate tea, and that is stress reliever. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yep. I need that. Yep. I need that. Yep. Well, I've got my immunity booster tea. Oh, that's also a good one. You need some support. Yes. Yes, it's like not quite not quite a stress reliever tea, but you know, it kind of acts in the same way, I like to think. Hey, you know? Yeah. Gotta have that uh support for your soul, right? Especially yes. with what we're going through right now. Yeah, so this one's gonna be fun, guys. Everybody buckle in. Not sure if we're gonna cry yet. I guess we'll find out. But we're gonna be talking about financial anxiety. Are you excited, Laura? I'm so excited. And this is another <laughs> one where um I believe we said it in our millennial episode yeah. where we hope there's something helpful. That comes out of this, but you know, I feel like we just need to talk about some of this stuff because Mm -hmm. so many people are going through a hard time right now. And, you know, we always feel like we're just treading water and never getting anywhere. And especially with what's happening, you know, it it sometimes just feels hopeless to reach goals and, you know, Mm -hmm. fulfill your dreams and I yeah. feel like a lot of people can relate to that right now. Yeah, because just the cost of living is just so high and just keeps on climbing. And it's great. Yeah, yeah. Like it's literally, great. you know, you think you're just getting a little bit ahead. You get a maybe a promotion at work. But then mm-hmm. with inflation and everything and the housing market, you're like, wow, I am no further ahead. And maybe now I'm even a little bit further back than I was before. Yep, and that hurts. But I think let's start with just a general definition of what financial anxiety is. So essentially, it's characterized by feelings of worry, fear, or just general unease when it comes to your finances. I think it's important to mention that like this anxiety does not just have to be triggered by a lack of funds, though that's a very common factor. You could still be able to meet all your obligations and even then some and still feel like it. And I want to make that point because I think a lot of financial anxiety advice that I've been seeing and I know you've been seeing is centered around this thought that people who are feeling this way are either spending carelessly or don't make objectively like a higher income. And I just don't think that's entirely true. No, I think you're exactly right there. I don't think it matters how much you make regardless of that. You can feel anxious about money. And, um, you know, just from my research, I kind of came across some some common feelings uh, that were coming up and things that people were saying. And those were, you know, feeling behind others. 
never going to be okay, a failure, insecurity. It was these words that were coming up and really like a lot of them have nothing to do with with money. You know, you can feel like that in general. Mm-hmm. And I think when we struggle financially, it just fuels this fire of maybe some anxiety that you already had about some other things. And I think being safe and secure is a major factor. Definitely. I agree with that. And I think as well too, feeling like you don't make enough is definitely a common factor with this. But I think a lot of it too is your childhood beliefs right, around money, how you were raised. So you know, like how did your parents bring you up to feel about money? Like, was it talked about? Was it not talked about? Did your parents struggle with a lot of debt or did they struggle with overspending or were they just lower income in general? Like, it's just, it's it's something that's so internal. Mm -hmm. I feel like anyone I've talked to and maybe it's just like our millennial generation has expressed concerns about money. And I feel like times like this where it just feels like, We don't know where that ceiling is going to be yet, where like this increasing cost is going to end that it's just like no matter how much you're making right now, you're like, oh, this is a really scary time. And it's just causing that internal anxiety that I think we all have to certain degrees to just escalate. Yes. And I just kind of want to go back to your family comment there for Mm -hmm. a second, because that was very like the, the tangible things, right? You know, like do we have enough? Yes. And a lot of it, I think, also stems from, you know, the language. You had mentioned that either money, you know, wasn't discussed with Mm -hmm. the children or maybe it was, but it was always negative, you know, like, oh, we never have enough, you know, that's too expensive. And I think that created a lot of fear, especially for for our generation, just because we've lived through so many market downturns and uh, crisis after crisis in our short lives. Um, yep. That it just – great. Yeah, it just kind of keeps creating this really unstable foundation for us. So we then draw back onto, okay, what were the, the lessons we learned as children when mm-hmm. we kind of carry it forward? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So why don't we just go into like how you can know if you're experiencing financial anxiety and then maybe talk a bit about our own personal experiences? Sure. All right. So I'm going to throw out some questions to our listeners here to help you determine if you are feeling financially anxious. The first one is, are you avoiding your finances by not checking your bank accounts or your budget? Mm, That is a big one. Yes. That is a huge one because I know when I'm getting uncertain, like I I am someone, every paycheck, I am – in my bank account, I know exactly I have a system of where money goes. Um, and frequently in between pay periods, I will be on my mm-hmm. bank account and I'll just kind of know like, okay, that's there, that's there, that's there. And yeah. when things are tough, I don't do that. I Same. almost like not actively avoid, but mm-hmm. I don't really like search out my – my bank account and I am so much better than I what I used to be, especially when I was in like university and didn't know fucking anything about money and didn't <laughs> care. Um, yeah. You could ask me what was in my bank account and I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Right. So that seems to be like a default that, mm-hmm. that I have been aware of that like, okay, if, 
something's not right with money, I know I kind of check out a little bit because yeah. I'm scared of what it's going to say. So that's a hard one to overcome. It definitely is. And I I can relate to that, to this one as well. Um, I kind of go back and forth where I will be a bit obsessive about it and checking it like multiple times a day, even though there aren't going to be any differences really, unless a bill payment happens that day. But it's been more recently where for a long time there, like I knew this is how much I was able to save every pay period. This is how much my car costs. This is how much groceries usually are and such. And just as those amounts have been changing and that predictability has been lost, it's not that I like avoid it, but I've just thrown up my hands and I'm like, it is what it is. And I kind of have like given up that control. Like I'm like, well, like, I don't know if I can save any money anyway, so I might as well just like do what I want, which isn't isn't a great thing. (laughs) I love that you said that because like I feel we all get there sometimes where you're like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. fucked either way, so I might as well have new shoes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And um, some of the things that I just said there lead into my next question, and this is where I was before this situation just got messed up over the last few months, and it's, are you hyper aware of where your money is going? I have been that way. Oh, I I, I am hyper aware right now. And yes, I have like a running a list in my head of like, okay, I need to pay that. I need to pay that. I'm getting money from this. Mm-hmm. And like I instantly know every single dollar movement happening. Yeah. Even if it's like a little like $50 refund or something, you best know. I know that it's coming. Yes. And then another one is are you – and I know we're all kind of worried about this, but almost to a point where it's like debilitating – But are you like severely worried that you're going to run out of money? I don't really experience – like I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle where like I am concerned about making ends meet sometimes. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that's like my particular anxiety. Yeah, I can definitely understand because there's so many people who, you know, don't have good job security or, um, you know, uh, home security, you know, insert whatever type of security. If that is uncertain – I yes. think having that fear of running out of money or not being able to make ends meet is so valid. Absolutely yes. it's valid. And I like I especially after the last two years too, where like yes. I feel like the feelings of job insecurity have just escalated so significantly because of what we've all kind of been through. Right. Over the last few years where there was a lot of layoffs and people not being able to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm grateful to say that like right now currently in my life, mm-hmm. I do feel like I do have job security. Um, yes. <laughs> knock on wood here, guys, just in case. <laughs> knock on wood, we're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I, I kind of know that like, okay, that next paycheck is coming and it's like the train's going to keep moving, that kind of mindset. Yes. But I, I do know like when I was younger and I didn't have that same kind of job security. Like obviously I was very fortunate Mm -hmm. to not have as much responsibility as I do now. But yeah, there were times where, you know, I probably didn't really have enough money for groceries. I just remember being in university was really tough and I did have a part-time job, but I just, I was not financially educated enough Mm -hmm. to give myself a good opportunity to be financially secure, even though like I could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So I feel like that's kind of aside from financial anxiety. That's more just lack of financial literacy. 
And yes. the best thing that ever happened to me was waking up from that and being like, oh my God, I don't know anything. I need, I better learn. Because um, yeah. that really changed my whole viewpoint around money. And I think becoming more financially literate has mm-hmm. lessened the amount of financial anxiety, I feel. Yes. And, you know, that's a very tangible action step that people can take too, is just seeking out educational content about that because there is so much so much available yeah and that you know you don't have to go to a financial advisor no you really don't not in today's day and age and you know always if you need a professional I think that's a great option but there's so much free content out there Mm -hmm. and I know it's super overwhelming like you don't know who to listen to just pick someone with common sense and try it out to see if it works for you and if it doesn't try something else if you feel like you're really being heavily sold something, maybe <laughs> don't buy maybe, things. <laughs> don't buy. Maybe things. just take a step back. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. And um, I think the secret is like once you find someone you like, stick to that plan, right? Like, yes. don't be jumping around from one plan to the other because I think that causes a lot of stress as well. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you're on the tipping point of being successful in one plan and then you change. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, I'm so behind because I don't follow, like, this mold. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, find someone you like, make sure they have a good head on their shoulders, and and stick with it, and then just see if you get mm-hmm. results. You know, that's that's really all you can do. That is excellent, excellent advice. And I'm just going to jump into my last question here, which I do think really applies to me. And it's, do you obsess over how much you make and think, if I just made X amount more <laughs> – Everything would be better. Now, I'm going to preface this. I am going to preface this because I have worked in the position where I did not make very much money. Like, like I'm pretty sure after everything, like it was significantly less. You made like less than minimum wage. So you were on salary. But once you factored in like everything deducted, the hours that you worked (laughs) – you literally made less than minimum wage. (laughs) Yes. So I do. I do want to preface this that sometimes. This is the case where, you know, having an increase in income, it does make things easier. And I say this from experience. Mm -hmm. And I just, again, want to preface this here, like with everything we say today, like I do acknowledge we are both coming from secure employment spaces, Mm -hmm. you know, like we are in a privileged position and we know like there's people that have it a lot better. There's people that have it a lot harder. We just want to have a conversation about this. But (laughs) I think part of the problem is, is like, what I've noticed is I have the same and like this, like maybe I'm going to go back a few months before everything went crazy. I had the same anxieties about what my money was doing then as I did before mm-hmm. when I wasn't making as much. So I think what I'm trying to say here is like it's the grass is greener on the other side right? thing, you know, where it's like, oh, well, if just this happens, I'm going to be happier or things are going to be easier But I think that there is an internal work that needs to be done with this anxiety. Otherwise, I do think it will stick with us no matter what income level you have. Yeah. And a lot of that is, um, you know, we're thinking like, okay, if I could just make this amount, I'll be fine. But in reality, a lot of people fall victim to lifestyle inflation. That is the thing. Yep. Yeah. So like, you know, you were making one salary for one year. And you're like, oh, man, like I'm just paying my bills. I don't have anything extra. And then let's say you get like a $10,000 boost. You're like, yes, I have extra cash. But then 
all of a sudden, you know, you're buying more things and you're right back where you started. So I feel, I feel very seen yeah. right now. Yeah, we're all guilty <laughs> of it. We're all guilty of it. Um, you know, that's just what happens, right? Like you have a little extra cash. Yeah. We're, we're awful about thinking of the future as human beings, you know, where you mm-hmm. live very much in the now. So instead of being like, I'm going to save this for retirement, you're like, hmm, I could get a new car, right? Like that's just kind of how our brains work. And I kind of want to go mm-hmm. back to maybe finding someone with a, with a methodology of good practices for your finances. And if you can kind of stick to something where it's like a split of so mm-hmm. much is for your expenses, X amount is for investing, and the other amount is like emergency fund or like a yeah. – uh, what do they call them? The FU fund. So that's like your fund money. Yeah. I think that is really important to subscribe to. And then it's yes. not going to be perfect. Like you're going to have moments where you slip up and have a spendy month. Like frick, I do it all the time. Um, I've been having like a spendy two months. <laughs> oh gosh. Not, not, not on purpose either. Like I'm like, I'm not doing no. anything different. Life is literally just plowing over me. Um, that and <laughs> also that one thing I said where I'm just like, well, I'm screwed anyway. Right, so right. I'm screwed anyway. Let's just do it full, full, full heartedly. Um, full send. Yeah. Yeah. So try and get like a framework of just automatically when you get your paycheck, hey, there's your expenses covered first. You know, you have to p- cover your expenses. And then how you do that final breakup of like, you know what? Every paycheck I'm going to put, I don't know, $100 into a savings account or into like an investment account. And it comes right off the top, so I don't even see it. I think those are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you are putting money away for like a rainy day or the future, and you're not even thinking yep. about it, right? I think that's important. And then by the time you get leftover of like what's left to spend, that's mm-hmm. all you have, right? And the rest yep. of your money is is safely tucked away. Precisely. Shall we discuss some of our experiences and feelings? Back in the past and now? Sure. I kind of like sure. brought a few of mine up already. So Rachel, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I think um, just to some like in the past, you know, I was in university and I did have some support when I was there. But when I got to uh, my job in the city where I was, you know, making my independent salary and I was trying my best to support myself, I was having financial anxiety because of the amount of money that was coming in. I felt like I needed to be making more so that I could save and not even just save more, but just to like, you know, cover all my expenses and like maybe go out for dinner once a month or something that I was feeling so anxious about getting ahead and, you know, making like checking off some boxes that I decided to take on extra work. And I was serving on the side all weekend. So I put myself in a position where I was working seven days a week. And this is a bone (laughs) that I have to pick with a lot of financial anxiety advice out here. And I know you can spring off this with me is, you know, often when you're reading, it's like, okay, well, if you feel like you're not making enough, you know, like start a side hustle or serve a day a week or something. And I'm like, I think that's great if you really just want to set out and make extra money. I don't think that you should have to take on another job to live. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because I know frequently on this podcast we've been like down with side hustles and I do just want to clarify where we're coming from. 
it's not that we don't support people having like a side job or like this podcast is literally a side job for us. It's a labor yes. of love, but like it's it's something that we want to do. And we do it genuinely by choice. Yeah, we, gen- we genuinely not- do it by choice. And it's it's not where like uh, what I what I hate is when one income is not enough to support one person. That's yes. where I get really pissed off. Just how our world was. And you think back to the fifties. I mean, whole family lived off one income, and then you know we had dual income houses growing up as kids, mm-hmm. and now as singles or couples, young families like. All of us have three fucking jobs. Yeah. And it just – it doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going after the passion projects. I know some people, they're like, uh, but, like, I love what I do. And I'm like, that, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. I'm just more yes. mad about, like, it should not take more than one income to live one life. That's, that's It should I'm not be from. something that you have no other choice yes. Yes. other than to do. Yeah, because for so, some people, like – where are they going to find the time? Like if you have like a single mother who works full time, mm-hmm. has her kid, and then has to go do another job, like yeah, that's crazy. And I know that's out there. Like people are actually struggling with this. And mm-hmm. then now they're having to pay for babysitting or daycare, which is just eating away at their extra money that they're bringing in. And it's just this vicious mm-hmm. cycle that – no wonder they have financial anxiety. Like, frick, I, I would. Or it's a couple who they can't afford childcare, but they, you know, going back two years ago or not even that long ago when the lockdowns were happening and the kids couldn't go to school, there were parents having to willingly leave their jobs and lose that dual income to take care of their children. Yeah, yeah. like Because they couldn't afford daycare. Exactly, or, or like, I guess yeah, in, in-house that, in that case at that time. Yeah, like in that case, it was in-house support, support at that time. Yes, <laughs> uh-huh. but still, yeah. it, I find it kind of crazy that you know the cost of of childcare is literally mm-hmm. one person's income, and so yeah. you now you have so many people leaving the workforce because they're like, well, why bother if like my whole paycheck is going to childcare? I might as well just be the parent who stays home and takes care yeah. and takes care of them. And then maybe that person, you know, had dreams for their career. Mm-hmm. And so once their kids are in school, like they're going to feel behind. And yeah. oh, look at that on our list of feelings of anxiety, feeling behind others. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. There's just vicious circles here. And I know we don't have a lot of answers, but like we just need to air some grievances about how broken our system is. Yeah. Tying it back to that period of time, I think where a lot of my anxiety came from was um, comparison where I felt like I, and not even comparison to like specific people, just to this leftover imprint of what a young adult life should be like, you know, like young, new into the city kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where, like, I think that where a lot of this comes from is, like, you might, like, with some minimum minimum wage work and stuff, especially, like, when it's just, like, one person, like, I, I could cover my stuff, but I didn't have a life. Right. Like, I wasn't able to go for dinner, and I wasn't able to, like, even go to a museum, honestly, sometimes, because all my money went to transit, rent, and groceries, and, you know, that's another thing. I'm not, 
more advice of like, oh, you know, identify where you can save. And if you, you know, it's like a popular advice that I don't really like where it's just like, oh, well, if you're trying to do this, then like, why are you going out for dinner? It's just like to go out and have a life. (laughs) Sorry, I tried to be social. (laughs) So I think that's kind of what I was struggling with at that time was just feeling like I was on this never ending hamster wheel of just trying to pay for my basic necessities Mm -hmm. and still feeling like I was falling short. So had to give up all my time in order to get just a tiny bit ahead. Where now I think I think it is is a similar feeling like now, you know, like I can cover all of my needs and such and I'm really grateful for that. But I think it's what you said earlier where it feels like you get a little bit ahead and then inflation happens mm-hmm. and then you don't feel as ahead as you thought you were going to be. And I think I'm just dealing with that feeling where it's like, have we really left that time of our lives, you know? Yeah, I definitely understand that. And my my experience with financial anxiety is very similar to yours, Rachel, because, you know, for me, university was a time where, like, I didn't really know better. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I lived, like, little – I think I – I don't know how much I made at my part-time job. Maybe, like, $350 – every other week. Um, yeah. I think that's what I lived off of. And I was very fortunate. Like during the summertime, I would work my ass off and I would like get my tuition paid for it. Like I, sorry, um, mm-hmm. with the summer job, like I could pay for my tuition every year. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate that way. And like, I will be fully transparent. I did have some financial help to pay for tuition. Yep. But then, you know, I had to change living situations and ended up in a more expensive apartment. And that's what I had to get a student loan for because like I literally couldn't afford (laughs) to live. So that was really tough. But like, you know, I didn't, I don't even want to say this. Like I didn't really have a whole lot. You know, I was not uh, worried about too much because I didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities except for making sure my apartment bill was paid for. But mm-hmm. then when I went into the working force and, you know, had to pay for more things because I was, you know, just growing up and with that comes a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. I was making, you know, similar to you, Rachel, just an amount of money that didn't really cover my basic expenses. And I mm-hmm. was just desperate for finding ways of how to make extra cash and Really, it came down to it of just like, I don't want to do this my whole life. Like, I'm like so tired of having to work like 10 different jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not an unrealistic number, people. That's a fairly accurate number for me if you listen to any of our older episodes. She's not lying. (laughs) I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I monetized every hour of her day. Exactly. (laughs) I knew how much I was making every hour. It was not healthy. does that stem to financial anxiety? Absolutely, it does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had to do a- that. That ties back to the obsessing over how much you make. Yes, a little bit. Yes, it does. Yes, yes it does. That's, that, that's an illustration of that <laughs> question right there, guys. <laughs> Perfect. Love being an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I just like I knew I'm like, I got to change something. You know, I'm, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm not even making yeah. enough to live. Mm-hmm. And so- yeah, I did kind of put myself in the hole briefly to change jobs, change careers. But at least now I'm like, okay, 
I can afford my basic expenses. Very grateful yes. for that because so many people cannot say that. Mm-hmm. And now just with how the world is, I'm just like, man, I feel like if this was just a few years ago, I'd probably like almost be a homeowner. Like it would not be so unattainable that it would actually be a dream of mine. Cause now I'm just like, that would be fantastic. But like, is that going to happen for me? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just like, could I afford a mortgage payment? Sure. Could I afford everything else that comes with owning a house? Nope. <laughs> on top of it? Absolutely not. No. No. And that's and that's just how it is right now. Like just with how expensive it is for us to fucking live. There's so many, you know, people of our generation and, and other cohorts like yeah that's no longer a dream of ours because we're like well that's just so unattainable you know we're lucky to get a nice apartment with parking yeah like it feels almost like now it would be like some fantastical like disney plot line oh for sure young millennial buys a house it would be like oh Oh oh. how what how (laughs) a fairy tale (laughs) yeah yeah no it's it's that's kind of where i'm at very similar to you rachel is just like you know, you mm-hmm. finally feel like you take a step ahead and the world yeah. took five steps back and you're like, mm, okay, not like, as far along, along as I was hoping to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, I just, I mean, we've talked about lots of the, lot like this stuff a lot amongst ourselves and it's just, it's just, we used to know exactly what everything cost and we knew exactly what the breakdown of our monthly bills were. And now it's just like, Whoa, you know, gas, perfect example. Our cars used to be $45. Now they're like 90 to 100. Oh, God. It literally doubled. <sighs> literally doubled. It did. It, it did. And, and it's, it's not slowing down know. either. Yeah. And I think it's been um, like, I, I guess going to like something that I'm going through now, it's been a bit tough where, you know, maybe necessarily I don't have to do this, but to just make it feel a bit easier on myself, there's been things that I would do for myself mm-hmm. that I'm like, hey, I think I need to take a break yes. from this so that I get a break from that cost. And it's it's hard, like, you know, just for transparency, everybody, like I'm, you know, going to take a break from singing lessons mm-hmm. for a couple months. I would go to a singing lesson every single week for four years and this would be the first time that I'm like, okay, I can't. And that's not, that's not easy. And I know that there's people out there having to make way bigger sacrifices than that and it's it it hurts my heart you know yeah it really does especially when you start thinking about people who can't even make their their basic needs and that's just wrong that's just wrong on so many levels um Mm -hmm. you know we should all have food to eat water to drink a safe place to sleep and that's just Self not shelter uh, in, general. in general. Like that's just not a reality for so many people. And just with how things are going, that list is going to grow. And it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely like horrifying. And yep. with that, Rachel, like I kind of want to venture into the failed advice for alleviating oh. financial anxiety because yes. like we we seriously set out on a research mission. With this we stuff. did. And we're all mm-hmm. like – Every time we talked about what we were finding, we're like, this is the most god-awful advice I've ever heard of. Yes. It's so yes. out of touch. So out of touch. And yep. Rachel, do you have any or do you want me to, oh, to share some? I have, 
I have a few. I think I kind of interwove two of them earlier. So I'm just going to go into like my third one. Also, you'll love this, but my on my notes, I do like by bullet points by talking. And um, do you want to know what this part of this part of my notes is called? What's that? Bones I have to pick <laughs> about financial anxiety advice. <laughs> There's a lot of bones. <laughs> there is. So a big one that I've seen is like, you know, it's like, oh, seek out financial advice from a professional. Um, friends who's recommending that, that costs money. The problem is a lot of us are feeling like we don't have any money. <laughs> that is part of the fucking problem. <laughs> we don't even have it's just money. Like, it's just like, how, how? So I think like it is, it, it is sound. Like I do think it comes from the right place and maybe like, I don't know, five years ago would have been valid. But right now, like that's just not in people's budgets. No, it's not. Um, not for the average person. Yeah, exactly. And so like another thing I kept coming across, you know, okay, so I already talked about getting the uh, side job. And so we, we've already gone there. Um, yes. And then the other one that you always see is like, you need to cut back. And cut back. friends, there's only so much cutting back you can do. And actually, I saw this poll going around the other day. I think it was on YouTube. And YouTube, yeah, it must have been YouTube. And mm-hmm. it was with the rising cost of food prices, how many of you have either A, changed what you're buying at the grocery mm-hmm. stores, B, skipped a meal but fed your children, or mm-hmm. C, the whole family skipped a meal? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, there were uh, – check marks on all of them oh so God. this is the reality no like like how how much are you supposed to cut back you mm-hmm. people have to eat you would literally have to eat to survive and yeah. um like we're fortunate that we're in canada so a lot of our medical stuff is paid for mm-hmm. but like oh my god down in the states there are literally people who are dying because they can't afford their prescriptions. And I heard a stat, and I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm really sorry, but it was like 10,000 people a month Mm -hmm. were dying because they couldn't afford their prescriptions. And I'm not sure. I don't quote me on it. I know it was 10,000. I'm just not sure if that was like per month. I need to – find that and check back in with it regardless 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 of the timeline that's too many regardless (laughs) that is too many regardless of of how like per month per week per year that's too many people and that's the thing is like i i mean we're not from the states but like you know it shouldn't come down to like if you have the money to cover a prescription or the money to cover your groceries you should not have to pick no between one or the other no you shouldn't you should be able to have both because that's a human right. Yes, it is. And now I think with housing, like there's so many tent cities popping up as well mm-hmm. because people literally either have to like live out of their cars or find alternatives because they can't afford rent. Yeah. And that's, you know, assuming that you're not going to get chased out of one of those places if you were in a tent city. Yes, exactly. To be told to get off of the park grounds and stuff. That's just that those stories and stuff are make me sad oh they're awful um they're awful but the next one and this one is near and dear to my heart because i live in a rural area is they say just take public transit 
don't drive. Walk, maybe. I live a 30-minute drive from, well, I live about a 15-minute drive to the nearest town, a 30-minute drive to my job. If I was going to walk, it would take me an entire day probably (laughs) to get there. And there is no public transit. There is no option. No. No. Where I am. And it's just like, you know, I, I do love public transit. I think it's great. But I don't like when that expectation is put onto somebody when they are struggling with financial anxiety and such. Because it's just like, that's just bulking everyone together, as in you live in a place that has public transit and kind of villainizes you if you need to drive. Yeah. Just to get where you need to go. And also, like, yes, I live in a rural area, but other places where this is a thing is like, suburbs Mm -hmm. those aren't very walkable and like there might be good public transit or there might not be or like in our nearest main city there is not a transit line that gets you all over the city like there are parts of the city that are not accessible by transit yeah like I live on the edge of the city and my job is on the other side there's no bus (laughs) taking there's no there's no train there's no train (laughs) Unless you want to do like a bunch of random connections. It would probably take take me six hours hours. to get to work. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I I do understand where that advice comes from. And, you know, I think that it can save a lot of money and I think it's great for the environment. But also, like going back to that time where, you know, I was kind of making a minimum wage salary that really was less than minimum wage. A monthly transit pass was around like – $120 for an adult. That was a lot of money for me. It was. And actually, I remember when I had first moved to the city, I think my pass was $90. And then, yeah, by the time I left the city five years later, like it was well over $120. And I I think it depended if you were a student or not, but it it was upwards of almost like $150, I think, Mm -hmm. per month. Like, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money for, for someone who's just working minimum wage job or they're a student. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, like, you do get a bit of a – like, you, there is a bit of a break, I remember, for, like, a student. Not much. But then <laughs> once you're working, once you're working, it go it's, goes up and you're just like, all right, that's fun. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, what's your next one? Uh, so my next one, this one, um, I don't know if it's a grievance – but it's always the advice is talking about the stock market. Oh, yeah. And granted, I understand. Like, I understand people who are fortunate enough to have their money invested. There's going mm-hmm. to be anxiety about what is happening there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the larger population doesn't even have investments. Like, they don't even have the, the luxury of that. They don't have enough money put aside to make opening an investment account worthwhile. Exactly. So this is where it's always just like, that was the same advice I kept finding. It was just stock market, stock market, you know. It's just a little bit out of reach for so many people. So, And also that goes back to just financial education in general. Yeah. A lot of people are not financially literate and don't understand or maybe like don't understand fully how the stock market really is reacts to people's emotions. You know, everyone's feeling good. It's doing good. Oh, we're scared. It's doing bad. Yeah, exactly. So I'll give you the cliff notes if you are 
uh, anxious about the stock market. Um, just some mm-hmm. realities about it. Uh, things go up and things go down. Yes, they do. Uh, you're just going to ride the wave, especially if you're in there long term. Just ride it. Things be going back up. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's very natural to have negative reactions when the world is going through negative events. So yes, just acknowledge that. Always have your plan and stick to it. You know, dollar cost averaging over 40 years is a lot mm-hmm. better than trying to time the market. One weird advice I found was that worry can motivate you. That's true. I I understood. I understand that. Um, I see where that comes from. Yeah. It's... It motivates you to make take those action steps. Exactly. And like maybe be a little bit risk adverse at some mm-hmm. times. And then when things are good, you could be a little bit more risky. 100%. I agree with that. Before we close out, let's just move into some tips on just coping with financial anxiety on an emotional basis because I feel like we that's really what we can do right now. But also a couple, you know, just like tips – that can help get you out of that place. Uh, the first one being, remember that nothing lasts forever. This too shall pass. You know, mm-hmm. crazy things happen in the world. Things are going nuts, but eventually we will make it to the other side. And in the similar vein, remember that you are not alone and it's okay to reach out to your support system. I mean, Laura, you and I talk about this like every day. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Honestly, like that's kind of the thing is a lot of the time when you reach out to your friends and such, they are most likely feeling the same way mm-hmm. Yeah, as you. There's comfort in struggling together. Definitely. And don't compare yourself to others and their apparent wealth on social media. Ooh, good one. This has been huge for me lately because it just seems like everybody is going to Europe. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> how are you going to Europe right now? So, yeah, that's definitely a big one. And then, you know, you've kind of touched on this, but look up some educational content online or maybe read some books that can help build up your own knowledge about personal finance. And if the anxiety is persistent, no matter the circumstance all throughout life, like, you know, if it was like this three years ago, if a few years from now you look back and you're like, I'm still feeling like this, don't be afraid to seek out professional help or therapy because there might be an internalized anxiety that you just need to figure out. Yeah, you that's, know? that's very true. One of the um, talks I came across was with a uh, therapist and yep. she dealt with a lot of people suffering from anxiety and it wasn't just financial anxiety. It was all types of different anxiety and like they actually needed professional help, you know, so yes. this is something you shouldn't have to fight alone you know there's resources like better help out there or just you know seeking someone in your in your town or city Mm -hmm. for sure and I think just from like a practical place I think it's just taking a step forward in any way possible so whether that is putting something towards savings wherever you can even if it's like just 10 bucks Yeah. You know, I know we've talked about this sometimes where it's just like, okay, I have to pay for this, 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 and this. I have this little bit left over. Okay, put it into savings, you know, because that makes you feel like you've at least done something to take control of that situation. And also start with attainable goals and don't try to climb Mount Everest right away. And then my last one really here would be just reduce impulse spending 
and try to make it harder to do. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. If you know that when you're feeling a little bit bored or having some feelings, I like to go into the Sephora website. And it's a bad thing that my credit card is saved on the Sephora website. Just in speaking from experience here, where when I have been feeling very financially anxious, even during this time where I feel like I don't have as much available, um, I will still every so often just be like, ooh, shoes or ooh, Sephora. And, you know, that's just really kind of feels good in the moment because you're like, oh, I'm treating myself. But then I'm just going to feel more anxious about it later. So if you can reduce those impulse purchases, would recommend that as well. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. And like one thing I would always do is if I felt like I was like, oh, I need to buy something, um, mm -hmm. I would put it all in the shopping cart, but then I like wouldn't hit checkout. I would wait yeah. and give myself like 24 hours or a couple of days and nine times out of 10, I totally forgot about it. So that that was just one way that kind of helped me not go into like trigger spending. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there was some little tidbit of advice in there if you are feeling financially anxious or or it was just us complaining. We're not sure. This was going back to like our millennial episode. We don't have a lot of solutions, but we do have suggestions. <laughs> some things to talk about. Yes. Exactly. A lot of things are just a systemic problem. Yes. That uh, we cannot fix ourselves. Yeah. So if anyone else we has can, some, some tips, let us know. We can tear up about it in a group. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You know, going back to that reaching out to your community <laughs> and your support system. Yeah. We are happy to be a support system here for you. You can always email yes. us at teawithlaurarachel at gmail.com. Yes, we would be happy to chat with you. And I mean, like, I thought that this was a really interesting topic. So if any of our listeners have a story about financial anxiety, just if there's been anything that you've done that's helped and you have something you want to share, let us know. We would love to have you on as a future guest. Absolutely. And uh, if you have yeah. any tips as well of how you overcame it, come tell us. Would love to hear we it. Need your, we need your knowledge. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So if you feel called to, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify. It really helps out the show, so we would very much appreciate it. And like Laura said, you can email us at teawithlaurarachel at gmail.com. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea.